Welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast, your guide to help you manage life, money, and multiples. Each episode, host Paul Fenner, Tama Capital's president and founder, and the proud parent of four amazing children, including one set of triplets, will provide insights on successfully sustaining an active lifestyle, career, and family through comprehensive wealth management strategies, financial education, and lifestyle planning specific to parents raising twins, triplets, and more. Learn more, subscribe to the show, or connect with Paul at TamaCapital.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Tama may retain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Have you ever wondered what life would be like if this opportunity had come about? Or what would happen if you did not take that job? As we know, the world works in mysterious ways, and part of that mystery is having conversations about the joys of the journey. Michael Duffy thought he was going to be working for GM some 40 years ago, but as fate would have it, the job offer fell through. So instead of working for a big corporation, a career in college athletics began. Coach Duffy talks through his journey of being a grad assistant to now the athletic director at Adrian College. Michael has been instrumental in growing the sports programs at Adrian to a combined 50 men's and women's teams. In addition, he helps to oversee and support 1,300 student-athletes and a full-time staff of 84. While the expansion of the sports, sports program at Adrian College has certainly been built with an underlying business model, there's also been a focus on the student-athletes' academic, mental health, and community responsibilities. Coach Duffy and I also discussed the impact that parents play in being supportive or overly involved in trying to develop their kids as athletes. Please enjoy my conversation with Michael Duffy. So Michael Duffy, welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. And for the viewers out there, or I should say listeners, um, I will probably refer to you as coach because that's how I've known you for... God, how long has it been? A long time. We we won't put a number on it. How's that? (laughs) Well, I graduated in 98 from Adrian College, where you're now the athletic director. And so that was 23 years ago, if my math's right. So I started there my freshman year, but we knew each other well before that, I think, too, because of me growing up in in the Adrian area. So Correct. Correct. But so why don't... I think the best place to start is to walk our audience through kind of like who you are, your background, like how you started in academia, and then how you ended up in athletics, and now how you are now running this growing Division Three athletic department at Adrian College. Well, well first, thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, excited to talk about, not myself, but, but what we do here at Adrian. Um, you know, I, I went to school at Adrian. Uh, I, w- I started in 1978, uh, so uh, some 44 years ago, I think. Um, um, went to school, um, played football, um, uh, did okay, was on an undefeated team. Uh, we had the best four-year record in, in kind of in modern-day history, I guess you'd call, for, for football. So had a great career there. Um, actually got a double major in uh, – business management, and, and I had a BS in mathematics. Had a job coming out of college. So in March of my senior year in 1982, I had a job with General Motors. Uh, I was going to be in their modality department. And I took the last month and a half and said, oh, I'm all set. I don't have to worry about anything. And uh, mid-April, um, the person who hired me had a very bad heart attack and and God love him. He passed away. Um, and so I got a call. I got the call and, and it was like, hey, everything's on hold. We don't know what we're doing. We got to redevelop. We got to reorganize. So I ended up without a job. Um, I was uh, pretty devastated, uh, but uh, I happened to talk to Coach Heckard and, and I had him for class. I had him for a theory class um, of sport and, and I was doing really well and it was fun and it was it was more um he brought sports people in just to talk to us about sport. And in the seventies, you know, sport was just kind of start. Yeah. We had professional sports and, you know, we had the, the 
the normal sports, I guess you call them, you know, your baseball, your softballs, your soccers. Um, and so we, we had a lot of conversation. Uh, I know the, uh, one of the Illiches came in, uh, big Detroit sport market, uh, you know, little Caesars, all that stuff. Um, uh, he came in young man at that back then, uh, and, uh, you know, just talked about the sport world and it, it intrigued me and I had great conversation and, and Tom pulled me aside and he just said, you know, you need to go into athletics. You, you know, you, you, you get it, you know, you know what's going on. And, and I said, you know, well, I got these degrees, you know, in business and math. And he goes, math is useful in anything and, and business is, is the world. And so I came back in the fall. I took one class I, and I helped coach. Uh, football. Well, in the meantime, Tom left and went to Cleveland uh, to be a scout and Ron Labity took over. So Ron said, yeah, you can still stay on and be a GA. And and so I worked with Ron, his tenure here. Um, but I got into a master's program at the United States Sports Academy in conjunction with the uh, University of Southern Alabama. So I spent two summers down there, um, got my master's degree in sports administration in 85. Um, Met my wife at Adrian, dated her from uh, like 81, and I finally bit the bullet, and, and we got married in 85, um, and she had a great job with Jacobson's uh, here in uh, Jackson, Michigan, at the time, the corporate office, and so I said, well, you know what, I'm going to stay on, and, and I'm going to help football, and, and uh, my first contract at Adrian College, I, I think I made $9,000, and I was equipment manager, assistant football, and and helped with uh, some of the other sports that didn't have full-time staff. And that's how I started. And, and I grew and, and just took on things. I was young. I was energetic. I was hungry. Uh, I, I always used the Emmett Smith thing. It was like, feed me, come on, <laughs> what to do, and, and I'll do it. And I was on the ground floor of the Marillette Sports Center. And um, I, I remember helped. what a big deal that was for the entire small city of Adrian when they oh, decided to build huge. that huge and it, and it was a beautiful building still standing today i mean and people come in and say well when was this building built and i tell them yeah 1988 they look at me like no way there's no way this building was built in 88 there's no way and i go yeah it was we take care of it um so i was on the ground floor i built that building that was exciting i ran the building for for a long time in the in the 90s um and then, uh, of course, Ron left and Henry Mensing took over as the athletic director, made me the assistant athletic director. I was assistant head football coach under Jim Lyle. Um, and, and it just kept growing. Um, uh, Jacobson's closed their doors. My wife ended up jumping on at the college. And, and here I am today, um, still at Adrian College. I just started my 38th year uh, at Adrian College and uh, love every minute of it. Um, been very exciting, very intense the last 16 years under Dr. Docking. Um, I, I keep say feed me, and now I'm going, no, stop, I'm full. <laughs> Got enough on my plate. Uh, but, but it's been exciting. It's, it's truly been, uh, you know, I've, I've spent probably $60 million in the last 15 years building facilities and, um, and starting new sports and uh, watching young people grow and smile and, and shake their head at me like, wow, I can't believe we're doing this now, you know? And, uh, uh, so it, it's been exciting. Um, you know, never felt the need to leave. Uh, Adrian college has been more than gracious to me. Uh, they've taken care of me, my wife, my son went to school here, got an undergrad and a, and a master's degree, uh, in sports administration, silly person. Uh, he is <laughs> not talk the, him out of it. No, uh, he's now the sports information director at Trine university. So, competitor but uh, uh makes interesting conversation when he comes home because uh, matt land and i the, the athletic director at trying very close friends uh i and uh, my son comes home and says dad we're the same as adrian and i go well what do you mean and he goes well the president our president brooks and, and dr docking are the same it's just our president is is uh dr brooks is is southern based and and Jeff is northern base, so you got the country northern spot there. And he says, Matt Land could be your younger brother. 
And uh, I said, yep, that makes interesting phone uh, conversations at home when he brings something home and says, oh, dad, I can't believe this coach is doing this. And I go, yeah, sounds familiar. I got about 20 of them that do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think where I'd like to pivot coach is for, for those that don't understand, and, and this, this gets really emotional for me growing up in Adrian and seeing the transformation of the school and, you know, there's politics on either side of like how the, the school's developed and grown. And we're going to stay out of that today. We're going to stay out of that next conversation. But what I want to do is focus on you and how you have built a athletic powerhouse, if you will, with the diversity of sport. So where I'm and specifically what I'm talking about for my audience is that you think of the traditional sports, baseball, football, um, basketball, you know, those, those were the centerpieces of, of most sports. But when Dr. Docking came in, you know, 16 years ago or so, there was a mindset shift change where we're going to start doing things different and we're going to start bringing in different sports to bring in new kids. Can you walk us through what that those initial conversations were like were like, and then now how it springboarded into all these sports. And obviously I'm, I'll link back to the, the college page and the sports page that really show all the diversity of, of sports that are at Adrian college now, because believe it or not for our audience, bass fishing is actually a college sport and one that what we just won a national championship at, at Adrian college. Correct. Huge. Huge. There's 900 and some collegiate teams across the country. I mean, and it was brought to us by a board member who slipped me a P, uh, article out of the Kalamazoo Gazette paper and just said, here's what you should start. And it was half joking. And, and, and I'm an outdoor guy. I, you know, I, I like to fish and hunt. I'm not very good at it, but I love being outdoors and I love doing it. And I looked at President Docking. I said, this might work. <laughs> this might work. And it has, we have 33 anglers on our team and, and, and it's just, it's just incredible. But uh, back to your original question is, um, you know, when Dr. Docking came, uh, you know, uh, as an old football coach, we used to recruit numbers. Uh, we used to hold ourselves to a goal. Uh, we wanted to help the college and, and the college was struggling back in 04, 03, 04, 05. Um, we got to the low of about 800 students here. Um, and I know when I went to school in the 80s, we were, we were 1,100, 1,200 students, pretty consistent. Um, and we had dropped and, and, and it looked like we were dropping. And President Docking came in and we had great conversations. And, and I was excited that he gave me the, the keys to the, to the so-called uh, cottage, soon to be a mansion. Uh, didn't know it was going to be a mansion <laughs> at some point, but uh, and we talked about it. And, and the biggest thing that I told him was, look, we, we can't sustain any athletic program if we don't have full-time coaches. At the time, we had six full-time staff. Some of them were coaching two and three sports. And how do you recruit when you're, when you're coaching all year round? There's no time to recruit. And so Jeff's whole plan was, was a business. Look, this is a business plan. And, and you know, we hate to say that that our students are commodities, but they are. I mean, they're what we need. We need students. We need a lot of them. You know, they're going to pay tuition. They're going to pay room and board. They're going to be active on, in our in our uh, community, uh, both in our Adrian, Michigan. And when they graduate, they're going to hopefully give back and, and support Adrian and send kids here. And so we've got to start from the ground level and, and figure this out. And, and we did. And we made a business model. And look, we're going to hire coaches. Uh, they're going to be in charge of their sport. They're not going to be in charge of coaching six, seven other different sports or, or doing things. They do help run the athletic program. So they all have secondary duties, uh, but basically they're going to recruit. Uh, they're going to coach their team and give a good experience to that team. Um, so if you, if you fast forward 16 years, now we're at, I have 50 programs, uh, teams, as I call them, 50 teams, men and women, I have 84 full-time staff, uh, that's head coaches, assistant coaches, and support staff. Um, I have 10 facilities, 
soon to be 11, maybe 12. We're, we've got a couple on the books right now that, that we'd like to get into. Um, so we've definitely grown uh, over the past 15 years. Um, we've gone from 800 students. We're currently at about 1870-ish. Um, and we have a, another 100 or so grad students. Um, so we've kind of reached our goal of 2,000. Um, so I think we got board meeting uh, tomorrow and Saturday. I, I think we'll probably push that, you know, and say, all right, what do we want to do next? Do we want to try to grow to 2,500 and, and see where it takes us and, and, and go from there? So, you know, I remember having this conversation with um, Jim Mahoney, who's, you know, uh, AC grad as well, who's now back, which I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> at the college, you know, in talking with him, like when this expansion really started, you know, talking about math, you know, and you being a, a, having a math major, there's a specific equation that, that, that you guys came up with as far as the business model goes, that says, okay, if we bring on this sport, it equals X amount of kids and it costs X amount to run. What's the ROI? And that was one thing that I think that really impressed me was that you weren't just expanding to expand. There was a lot of thought and um, business know-how or thinking behind the, I'll call it strategic expansion. Would that be Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. That, um, I have probably in my drawer right now, I probably have eight sports that we could look at. Um, and, and Jeff always asked me, Mike, what's our return on investment? What do you think? How quick can we pay this off? Um, and, and some sports are, are, are no-brainers. Uh, for example, men's volleyball. Well, we, we had no, no investment in it. We had a gym. We had volleyball nets because we had a women's team. All I had to do was hire a coach. And, and so let's, let's be modest. Okay, 40000 for a coach and, and buy a few extra balls and some uniforms. Uh, let's say – Modestly, that's ten thousand. So that's fifty thousand, and and now he's got to recruit. Well, you can't play with less than six. So let's put a goal of ten on him. He gets ten kids the first year, and let's put a conversion rate on our students. We feel uh, the average student's going to pay around twenty thousand. Okay, twenty thousand times ten is two hundred thousand dollars, and I only spent fifty. My return on investment's already made. And I haven't even put them on the floor yet. Um, so we do that. I do that with every sport that he asked me to do. I put together a financial on it, uh, kind of what we need, how we need to get it. Um, some sports have taken us a little longer to, to start. You know, uh, for example, we, we need fields, um, you know, uh, to start uh, rugby, uh, let's say. And, and we started rugby this, uh, this fall. Uh, we hired a coach last year and then, and we, you know, we converted a grass field into it and, and hopefully eventually we'll, we'll get another field. Um, but it's, it's a strategically, we, I always hire a coach the year before. So the coach is here for six to eight months and all they do is recruit that they're going to bring a team in. So, uh, so last year at this time, I hired my rugby coaches. They stayed on for a full year hired. And then in August, we, we started men and women's rugby. And uh, they both had full teams, um, and and they're currently playing right now. And uh, our men's rugby teams, uh, number one in our or number two in our region, we're behind Marion and Indiana. But we beat Michigan, we beat Notre Dame, we beat Michigan State. Um, you know that are all they're they're in D one. It, it's it's um, uh, rugby has divisions, uh, Division one, Division one A, and then Division two. And since we were a new program, we started in Division Two, but we, we've we've beaten several Division One programs. But that's our coach. That's he went out and recruited. We said, hey, if you're going to have to recruit twenty kids because you got to play with fifteen, go get the best ones you can. He got some from Utah. He got some from New Zealand. He got some from um, Argentina. He got some from Jamaica. Um, so he went international, and that's where they play rugby and. I hate to say it, we're awful thinking good <laughs> in the first year. <laughs> that's, in, that's incredible. And, and just for a point of reference for our audience that may or may not know this. So Adrian College is a NCAA Division Three school. Correct. Which means you don't 
the school, not you specifically coach, but the school is not allowed to offer uh, athletic scholarships. Correct. 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 We're a NCAA division three non-scholarship. Um, and so our NCAA athletes are, are not allowed to get any um, athletic grant aid. Actually, our student athletes are not to get anything that we don't give our normal student athlete. Or otherwise, it's a, an extra benefit is what the NCAA calls it. So, so we were uh, some of my uh, non-NCAA sports, they get a little upset with me because I hold them closer to the Division Three rule uh, than they probably care to be. Um, but we're a Division Three school, so so we're going to monitor that philosophy and in, in, in what we do. Um, now we we might give um, some grants and aids coming up uh, with sports like uh, esport. Um, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to come back to esport. I want to. That's one topic I want to talk about. <laughs> um, esport, bass fishing, um, men's rugby is not an NCAA sport. Um, and, and we might do a, a few scholarships with them. Uh, we're, we're currently talking about it. I'm working with the NCAA. Um, and, and, you know, there's some nuances that we'll have to be careful. Like, uh, you know, if I give a rugby kid, say we give him 500 bucks to play rugby, that he can only play rugby. He, he can't play an NCAA sport. Uh, and we have to watch that and kind of chart that. So we're, we're in preliminary talks of that and, and just trying to see if we can get uh, you know, some esport players or, or help some of the guys in the bass fishing um, uh, with some of the other schools that are, are given little incentives uh, for kids to come. So my, my point to that is when, when a, when a student decides to come to Adrian, whether they play a sport or not. So let's just say they assume they, they're going to play a sport. They are in essence, a student athlete. They're a student first and athlete second. Is that? Absolutely. You want to expand on that a little bit, coach? Yeah. We, we, we sell it. We preach it. Um, you know, they have academic um, benchmarks that they have to reach or, or they don't get to play, uh, plain and simple. Uh, if they don't go to class, uh, coaches are very notorious for holding them out of practice, uh, for not going to class. Um, so it, it, it's very important that the, the students go to class uh, you know, the, the, it, it may seem small, but we want them at a two point, they have to be at a 2.0 uh, cumulative GPA, and they have to be earning uh, credits, and, it, and it's in the student catalog, and I can't verbatim, but they have to each year benchmark to a certain number of credits so that they graduate in four years, and, and they got to have 124 credits. Um, and now with all the master's programs, uh, some of our students are staying on. Um, the NCA is coming through with uh, there's legislation on the board right now where we can almost it's not a red shirt, but in Division three, we don't have a red shirt, but we may have something like a red shirt in Division three because all these kids are taking five years to graduate anyway. Uh, so they could we could have them practice all freshman year and they'd still have four years left. Uh, so that's kind of on the table right now with the NCAA. But. It's still academics. They still have to make progress towards a degree. They still have to maintain a 2.0. Uh, that's minimum. And um, you know what? I have 1,300 athletes out of the 1,800 students. And I'll tell you what, we got, they're, they're very, very, very good students. So is it, that's, I'm going to do some math there. 1,300 over 1,800. So that means 72% of the student body at, at Adrian plays some type of sport. So when it comes back to the student, the, the, the academic part of that, is that where, when you're looking at coaches, that's a, that's a major component of them as a coach, like being able to manage the academics of their student athletes. Absolutely. They, they have to have, not only do they have to show me they have competency in their sport, um, I want them to show me competency in, in taking care of our student athletes, and that's academically. Sometimes that's financially. Sometimes we've got to help our students figure out, look, this bill goes to you. It's not going to your mom and dad, even though mom and dad might be paying the bill. You've got to keep track of it because you're now the adult. You're 18 years old. 
you have responsibilities. We're going to go to you. We're not going to go to mom and dad. And, and we want to make sure that your grades are taken care of. Your mental health is good. Um, you know, and, and you're being involved, not just necessarily in football. I want all my sports teams to do at least one community service project per semester. So if I have 50 teams and each of them do a community service project each semester, that's a hundred community service projects. Athletically, we have to track it for the HLC. They want to know what you give back to your community. And we do about 9,000 hours a year um, in community service. Um, back to the community of Adrian and the surrounding areas. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's something that I want my coaches to be in, well-rounded in, I, you know, uh, yeah, they're coaching baseball, football, uh, cornhole, uh, esports. doesn't matter what you're coaching. It's all the same. You're going to recruit, you're going to retain, you're going to be a mentor and you're going to make sure you're going to be a financial guy. You're going to be an academian, I mean, you're going to control these young kids' lives. And, and you know, our, our whole goal is they graduate in four years. And, and I guess now you got to say we want them to graduate, whether it takes four or five, because some of them will graduate in five and have a master's degree because we have a lot of four plus ones and, and those kind of things. And, and you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for young people. Um, and, and today kids need to be busy uh, if they don't. You know, their mind wanders in, in good ways and bad ways. Uh, and, and we want to keep them uh, occupied and, and doing things that they enjoy. So actually, that's that's actually where I wanted to pivot to next is from your perspective, what are what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing today with student athletes? Because obviously with the change in, in world dynamics, social media, mental health. Um, you, what, from, from your perspective, Mike, what, what are you seeing are those, those biggest challenges from, you know, a student athlete? Yeah. COVID has changed the world, whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, I, I think the disease itself is, is starting to come a little bit under control, but people were shut in for a year and a half, almost two years. And these young kids, they're not used to that. They're used to being out and about and, and to be locked up, uh, not, not literally locked up, but, but being confined and not being able to do their normal routine hurt some of them, uh, you know, mentally. And, and the biggest thing, and, and we had a speaker last night, his name's Bob Delaney. Um, he was a former state uh, police officer in New Jersey, went undercover did a sting operation for three years for the mob in, in, in the New Jersey area, came out, became an NBA um, official, was a top NBA official for 20 years. Um, but he talks on, on post-traumatic syndrome. And, and the biggest thing, and I've heard he talk three or four times, and I always get something new from him. But, but the one last night was, you know, mental health is big. And, and people need to understand that. And, but what they need to also understand is people need to talk. They need to find that person that they're very close with, that, that, they, very, that they trust, and, and talk to them and, and tell them things that maybe you're not telling other people. Uh, you know, they, they say, oh, that's a therapist. No, you, you don't necessarily. Some people probably need a therapist. I'm not taking that away. But some people just need to talk. They need to get things off their chest. They need to say some things and have somebody say, that's good. You got it off your chest, but maybe you should handle it this way or, or that's great, but don't do that. You know, if they tell you something uh, really uh, bad. Um, but, but the biggest thing that I got from it was he talks to a lot of military people that come back from war and, and, you know, battling for us in our country. And, the, the, the stress necessarily isn't just on that military person. It's on husband, wife, son, the whole father. family. Yeah. They're, they're, they're stressed too. Cause they don't know how dad's doing. They don't know. Is he alive? You know, is he ducking bullets? Is he, you know, dodging mortar shell, you know, all that stuff. Is he hand to hand combat? Uh, you know, and then they come home and they're different. Well, yeah, they're different. They saw some things that 
they don't want to talk to the wife and the kids about it. They don't want to share that, you know, so, but they got to find that person that they could share that with and, and at least get it off their chest. And from what Bob was saying last night in, in his 40 years of doing this stuff, it helps people navigate what they're doing. It doesn't, it doesn't cure them, but it gives them an avenue to vent and, and let things and get things off their chest. Does, do you take an active role in talking with um, student athletes about their social media presence or is, is that, or are you having conversations with coaches about having conversations with the student athletes about, you know, social media presence and what's going on online, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, you, you name it, TikTok, I guess, TikTok. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep up on all these because I know my, my kids are going to be starting to ask questions about these platforms soon. Yeah. As soon as the parents start getting into TikTok, they'll come up with something new. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The kids stay one step ahead of everybody else. Um, uh, yeah, we talk a lot. Um, I talk to my coaches and, and we try to monitor the best we can. And we tell them to be, you know, you got to be professional. Um, I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've not hired somebody because of something that we've seen on Facebook or, or we've seen a post they've made or something, you know, and, and it's inappropriate. You know, I don't want, I don't want you leading my program. If I go to your Facebook page and you're, you've got a hat on and you're drunk and you're holding the beer and carrying on and, and doing something. I mean, that's something for private. Don't have it out on public. And, and we try to teach our kids that, you know, employers do look at that stuff. They sure do. Because companies are all about social media. I mean, we got the big NIL going on, name, image, and likeness. And, and we have some student athletes that have signed some contracts with, um, with uh, one was um, uh, Just Strong Clothing. And this young lady gets, uh, you know, 20% off anything she buys, but she gets 10% on anybody that buys off her platform from this company. And, and so now she's got to be careful what she posts and, and what she says, because now it directly affects not only her, but her now employer, um, Just Strong Clothing. And so... You know, it's very important that the kids understand that you you got to have that private sector and that's fine, but be careful that that, because once it's out there, it's out there. It, it, you can't, you can't bring it back. It's not going away. You know, no matter, even if you take it off, if, if I captured it, I can still post it. I can still send it all over the place. So we talk about it and it's more management. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're supposed to stop people when they post. I can't control 1,300 athletes and, and what they post. I, I, I'd never sleep if that happened. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. You know, because uh, they're doing most of their posting from about 11 to <laughs> 3 in the morning. So, and believe you me, I'm, I'm at the age now. I need to sleep at that time. I can't be up running around at that time. So, actually, coming back to um, esports, you know, I remember, I remember being at an alumni board meeting. It was probably like two or three years ago, coach, when, when you brought this up and I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. And I see it now. My, my triplets, you know, are soon to be 11 and that's all my boys do right now is game, game, game. So talk to us about what this esport thing is what 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 is it like what how is it turned into a a a ncaa you know sport well one it's it's not quite to the ncaa yet okay Uh, there there are some conversations with it um it and i believe esport bass fishing cornhole um some of those sports like that are are probably not going to get into the ncaa anytime real quick uh, they're run by organizations that, you know, they pay money. Uh, you know, our bass team wins money. Um, now, they do run it right where all the money they win, the check is made out to Adrian College. And so the money comes to the college, then we disseminate it to the team, and then the coach can take care of the kids that have wanted and, and, and do some things. But, but it, you know, it, it just kind of controls it. Same way with the eSport. 
Uh, it'll probably be the same way when, when we start cornhole uh, next fall. Um, but esports is is it's crazy. It's, <laughs> I went and watched uh, Rocket League. Okay, and and please, the, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> my my son looks at me and he goes, "Wow, for not knowing a dang thing about it, Dad, you sure talk like you know what you're talking." About. <laughs> and I go, well, "That's half of my job is I just got to sell it, get somebody in here that knows what's going on." And then I turn it over to them. I'm not going to manage them. Um, but uh, we put 37 units uh, in one of the library conference rooms and made it our eSport room. And uh, Coach Vinny is uh, Vinny Granado is our eSport manager. And, and uh, we have right now 28 uh, people on our, in our team. And they play, gee, I think seven or eight different games. Um, and, and they're on pretty much almost every night right now. Uh, and, uh, they play, uh, there's a whole, uh, what are, what are those games? Like, are, what, can you give us a couple of specifics? Maybe the legend rockets, rocket league, um, rocket league. Is that like the soccer one with the cars, with the cars? Yes. Yeah, they play soccer. With yeah. The cars. Uh, there's some, there's some first shooting person ones, uh, you know, um, uh, Leagues of Legend, um, and a couple other ones. There's a new one out, uh, Star Beta or something. I don't know. You're you're asking the wrong dude. If you want me to name, uh, no, that's okay. That, I think that gives me enough insight. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's and it's as anything. It's amazing to me some of the kids that are just that talented. I mean, I don't care if it's esport. I don't care if it's bass fishing. I don't care if it's football, hockey. I, I don't care what it is. The passion and and excitement, not only for their sport, but but the interaction they do with the other sports. For example, our men's rugby team and our men's baseball team, NCAA, which I was shocked that Coach Rainey did this, but the rugby team came out, men's rugby, and there's so many internationals. They – pitched and, and let them hit and field ground balls and they showed them how to catch and hit and, and throw. And then they turned around and the rugby guys showed the baseball team how to play rugby, got them in the scrum and, and pushed them around and showed them how to, you know, they do their lateral and, and they run the rock and, and, and all that stuff. And for an hour and a half, these, you, you'd have thought these kids were six years old, just playing together in the sandbox. And, you know, we try to get more teams to do that, you know, um, you know, softball and ice hockey, you know, show them how to play softball and the girls can get you on skates and show you how to play hockey. But what a great way to intermingle the staff, intermingle the, the kids. Now you got rugby kids going to baseball, you got them going to soccer and, and then you got, you know, baseball going to the rugby matches. And I mean, it's just that's how you build a family and that's how you build what we got going here. And that's why it's so special. That's awesome. So it kind of along those lines is kind of wrap up our conversation is you, I've got a lot of parents that, that listen to this podcast, obviously, you know, my situation with my, my triplets plus one. And I, I deal with a lot of families. I look around and there's a lot of parents that I don't know if I don't want to say put pressure on their kids to spend time playing sports. And obviously there's a big money factor in it. Like growing up in rural Adrian, like a lot of the stuff that we have today growing, you know, living in a Metro area like Detroit just wasn't available. And now I look around and there's travel baseball, there's travel soccer, there's travel hockey. And then that, and that's on top of like, you know, all the, the school sports and there's just club sports. Can you walk us through maybe what you're, what you deal with, with, with parents and trying to you know, I don't force isn't the right word, but push t- kids towards athletics and maybe both a healthy and unhealthy way. And, you know, I think some parents have this mindset. I'll, I'll leave it that I want to say maybe delusional mindset that their kids are going to get to a division one uh, athletic program and have scholarships. And that's how they're going to pay for college. And, I, you know, I try to be realistic, like, you know, listen to those, those advertisements, I think from enterprise, like, you know, 1% of all athletes, you know, playing college or something like that, 
or play division one sport in college. They get a scholarship. Correct. There, there's one, not everybody's going to get a scholarship, plain and simple. Uh, that's just the fact of the world. And you're right about 1% of all high school graduating seniors that play athletics are going to get a form of scholarship. 1%. And you figure there's shoot in the state of Michigan at 900 schools, you know, there's, there's probably 90,000 kids that are going to graduate from high school. Now, not all of them are athletes, but, but say half of them are 45,000. So you figure 1% of 45,000, it's not a very big number. They're going to get scholarships, but yet a lot of them are going to go on to school to play college athletics and division three is as good as any one of the others, uh, you know, division one or division two. Um, now there's a talent difference, of course, um, you know, uh, but you know, our, our students, um, can play the sport and do all kinds of other things across and, and we support them in their academic invent endeavors, or, you know, we've got kids that double that, that play in the band. We got kids that, that do theater. We got kids that, you know, are, are biologists and, and, you know, all, all across the board. Um, the biggest thing we get is, is and not every parent, a, a lot of parents get it, uh, but some parents try to live vicariously through their, their students. And, and, you know, sometimes those students rebel and, and, you know, they're playing because mom and dad said you should play. And then they get here and, 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 you know, and I have the hard conversation with mom and dad, well, look, little Johnny hasn't been to practice in two weeks. So I think you need to talk to little Johnny on why little Johnny's not playing because we don't know. And, and you know what? It's not our job to go chase him down. You know, if you want to play, then show up to practice and, and be there. But I think, you know, everybody will have an opportunity. Yes, it's competitive. Even at Adrian College, it's competitive. We can't take everybody on the hockey team. Now, I have seven of them. Okay. So I was going to say, teams. you have a lot of hockey teams. But, um, you know, everybody wants to play the, the NCAA team. And if they can't play the NCAA team, they want to play in the uh, you know, the club division one team. Um, they don't want to play the division two on the men's side or the division three. Uh, you know, they want to be where the glory is, but you know, there's as much glory in that division three team and as much pride uh, in that team as there is in the NCAA team. Um, you know, um, but you know, the, the NCAA team has the NCAA over the top of them. And you know, that, that, that shows clout. Uh, but you know, every one of my coaches understands they all want to win. Every kid wants to win. Uh, but you know what? In, in college, there isn't a prize unless you win it all. Um, you know, and and sometimes I get I get a little frustrated with local um, youth programs because everybody's got to get a medal, everybody's got to get this. No, you, you still that takes away and it makes our job harder at our level because now they're all expecting to get something and they go oh for the season. You know, that, that's, that's not the real world. You don't get a bonus if you don't sell a single, you know, pen, if that's what you're trying to sell. If you don't sell any, they're not going to give you an award for not selling anything. You're probably going to get fired, you know. And, and I think sometimes we, we teach our kids the wrong things when it comes to athletics. And athletics is great. I have more employers knocking my door down you know, I go, look, I got a 4.0 student over here in math department. I know them really well, but they don't play an athletic program. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'll take your 2.5 kid. And I go, tell me why. And he goes, one, he's played four years of a sport. He knows discipline. He knows how to win and lose. You know, there, there's, you know, and, and, and when, when our kids lose, you know, they got that grit and determination that, Doggone it, we're going to figure it out. We don't want that to happen again. And that's what they want in their sales force. They want people that are battle-tested. And, and, and that's what we give our athletes. Uh, I, was, I was teasing the, the Andrea Milner, who's our, our uh, vice president for academic affairs. She was on the, the field the other day. We gave an award out to one of our faculty members. We, we do a, a student spotlight and a faculty spotlight every game. Um, 
to give an honor to, to, to one of our faculty and one of our best and brightest students. And, and I looked at Andre and I said, hurry up. We've got to get off my classroom. This football field's my classroom. And, and we're just as important as the academic classroom. We teach our kids just as much as they do in the classroom. They're teaching biology, chemistry, math, history, theater, band, whatever. We're teaching discipline, ethics, hard work, you know, being on time has consequences, you know, working together as a team, uh, any sport. Look, I can't go to the right and you go to the left. We got a problem. We all got to go to the right. Then we all got to circle back to the left. And, and, and we are just as important as, as an academic class. But academics is still why you're here. You're paying to get that education. Um, but you got another classroom that, that, that will build and teach you even more. Um, and and it's, it's exciting to do it every day. So typically, Coach, I only have one closing question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you on this one. I'm going to have two. And my first one is, because I've been thinking about this throughout our conversation, is I think, you're, I think the job of being athletic director is really fascinating. And so what, what's been the most interesting part of being as an athletic director um, over these years? The most gratification that I get over the years is when young men and young women that graduate come back like you that have triplets and a fourth. <laughs> and you you come up to your coach and and you look him in the eye and you go, you know what? When I was here and you made me run those forties and you made me do this and I had to be at a practice on time, I did not like you. But you know what? I do exactly the same thing with my kids right now. Thank you for teaching me the discipline and and the the organization that you taught me because I use it every day in my daily life and. And to see kids come back to me and stand in front of me and say, you don't realize how big a part of my life that you are in, even though I don't say your name every day, even though I don't refer to you every day, but the way I run my life, the way I run my family, the way I love my family, I embrace my family, how my family is important, because that's what we teach every day. It's family. And my friends are, are, the, the ones that I was in the trenches with every day and, you know, in football and baseball and, you know, and I shared the highs and I shared the lows. Uh, but I didn't realize it when I was in school, I realize it now. You know, that's, that I think is the most gratifying. So that that's a good lead into my, my final question, which is, I know we, we've talked about your son a little bit. You know, we didn't talk about this before. So, we must be on the same wavelength because I've led you into the right thing every time. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it, coach. You still got it. <laughs> so my closing question for all my guests, and you've talked about, about your son and, and, and your wife, um, what is the best thing about being a parent? You know, I think the best thing is, 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 is I've been kind of uh, show them, stand back, watch them grow. Um, and I think now I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the fruits of that. To, to, to see my son come home and, and talk to me about his job, and it just happens to be my job, and I have a sports information director under me. I actually got two of them. And, and to hear him talk and then talking through it like, Okay, here's how you want to handle it. Go, go to your boss or go to your coach and, and talk to them this way. And, and, and don't get upset about it. Yeah, you got knuckleheads. They're going to come to you at 11 o'clock at night. He was home the other night and a coach called him at 11 o'clock. And, well, I need this up now. And he's like, okay, I'll do it first thing in the morning. And, of course, he calls the AD and the AD ends up calling my son. And I'm like, don't get mad. It's, it's 11 o'clock at night. Don't get mad at your AD. You go in in the morning and you talk to him and say, hey, when is the clock off? You know, kind of thing and have that conversation. So I think it's it's fun to, to see him grow and, and reach out and, and do things with them. And uh, I, I think that's the, the, the neat thing about being a parent. And 
to be honest with you, I have uh, three or four or five younger coaches that have young children. And I don't know, I, I must be a grandfather already because they <laughs> all love my office and I love them. I would, you know, I'm, I'm a family guy. You got kids, bring them up to the office. I don't care. And they start running around my office. And of course, they're typical parents. Oh, don't do that. Don't be busy. And I'm like, leave them alone. Get out of here. We're busy. He's, he's playing down there with the balls or whatever. Leave him alone. He's not hurting a soul. And so I think that's the important thing. And, and, and I preach family. And I think family is the most important thing. And I've got a loving wife to put up with me and my <laughs> My job. I, I was here until 9 30, 10 o'clock last night because we had the speaker and I had to introduce and do closing remarks with them. And, you know, that it's, it's been my job for 38 years. So, you know, um, to have special wife and, and, and a child that, that accepts that and, and now does it, dummy that he is, but, uh, you know, he makes a living at it. Well, Coach, you are a incredibly special person, uh, not only to myself, but to um, thousands of, of, of people in the community around Adrian and alumni and current students. So um, this has been a wonderful conversation. And I think you provide a lot of really unique insights to what it is to be an athletic director and be um, involved in college sports, um, not only from a business perspective, but as you've really stressed from a, a family's perspective as well. So I can't thank you enough for the time. And uh, I always enjoy getting to have these conversations with you and uh, look forward to the next one to come. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and I appreciate it. And anytime, uh, you know, conversation, I think, is something that lacks in, 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 in all our lives today. I mean, too many people use this. And, and I was telling a coach this morning, I, I walked out there and there were 12 kids out there all sitting, you know, within inches of each other and not one of them talking to each other. They were all doing this. And by, and by this, it, coach is referring to being on their phones. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Being on their phone, tapping away. And, you know, I, I think it's healthy to have conversations. And uh, my kids, a lot of my kids are kids, young adults. When they come in to talk to me, I make them leave their phone with the administrative assistant. And now you got to talk to me. You, you don't get to look down at your phone and, and you know, do whatever. You got to look me in the eye and we're going to have a conversation. And uh, it's, it's pretty neat to see them grow and, and how they change uh, when, when you get them to converse. And, and that's what it's all about. We can learn from everybody. I learn every day. And I tell my wife, the day I stop learning is probably – not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michael Duffy, thank you very much. And uh, like I said, I'll look forward to our next conversation soon. See you on campus soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Please visit TamaCapital.com to subscribe to this podcast or to connect with certified financial planner and registered investment advisor, Paul Fenner of Tama Capital. And please join us again next time on the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Mm-hmm.